Kevin McGran here of the Toronto Star. Kevin, thanks for stopping by. Hey, everybody. How are you? Oh, we're good. <laughs> we're rocking. That almost sounded a little uh, crusty. The clown. Hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, that's, Doc, that's Dr. Nick. But, yeah, thanks for being uh, Love being aboard. Love doing Leafs lunch with you, uh, Julia. It is cold here. I got my uh, jacket on. And, uh, no, this, gonna be, this is going to be fun. But one of the big themes is going to be how different things are for the Maple Leafs today against Anaheim than moments after they lost the last time, like a month or so ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know, Kevin, where we start with this one. This is a really different Leafs team than the last time they played Anaheim. Things were in disarray the last time this team came to town. It really did feel like the low part of the season. I mean, looking back, it obviously was, but they went 0-2-2 on that on that road trip. They lost to the Los Angeles Kings, and they lost the, they lost the game they should have won in Anaheim. They lost in overtime. And it really did feel like, uh, like, what's wrong with these guys? Are they not listening to the coach? Is, is, is it a messaging problem? Because if you go back to the beginning of the season, the coach was on them from the very yeah. beginning, right? They lost in Montreal, and he said, our best players have to be our best players. And then they lost a couple of days later, and it's like our elite players didn't play like elite players. And, and these were the, the messages that were coming. So it sounded like the, maybe the, the coach had lost the room or the players just weren't doing it. But... You know, to their credit, they they started playing a little bit better. The goaltending got a little bit better. Um, I I think the for me the turning point was all the injuries because at that point, truly the players had to look around and say, look, it's not going to be Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and William Nylander saving us every night. We actually have roles on this team to play, and now we have bigger roles on this team to play. Sandine, Lilligren, those guys, uh, and so I think they all sort of. I think maybe the players felt more part of the team because the the top four weren't really getting it done, so they all had to pick up their game, and you know everybody improved just a little bit and took on more, and and, and everybody got better. And now uh, the top four are kind of running away with it again because they're all on scoring streaks and, and stuff like this, and players of the week and, and and all those accolades. So they do seem to be running on all cylinders, and it seemed to be the low point in Los Angeles and Anaheim that got them here. And, yeah, you go back and look at it at that start of the year. They lose to Montreal. They lose to Arizona, San Jose, Kings, Ducks. At that, at that time, only one of those teams had a winning record was Montreal. And I, I think the most remarkable thing is that the turnaround, I mean, for the first half, it wasn't about guns a-blazing. It was about defense. Like This incredible run, Shalgren played a lot of those games. Matt Murray was out. Uh, and then Morgan Riley and T.J. Brody. I think it's the most remarkable thing about the Maple Leafs is how good they are collectively defensively. And I know you wrote about, about Marner getting votes for the Selkie again, but just the, the, the whole team is this is the most responsible version of the Maple Leafs I've seen since the early 2000s. Yeah, and, and I don't think this team gets enough credit for being defensively aware, for being defensively responsible, and, you know, the, the number of shots they give up per game is among the lowest in the league. That's going to help your goalies. Yep. Uh, the number of high-danger shots they give up is among the lowest in the league, and that's going to help your goaltenders. And so your goaltenders then are making saves and getting wins and gaining confidence. You know, you, you take a different goalie, maybe a guy in Edmonton, and put him in, in here, and maybe he's a, a better goalie because he's got a better team playing defensively responsibly in front of him poor jack it, campbell yeah. poor, just, just real quick, poor jack campbell you know like it's it's it, it all ties together but i think part of that message of playing defensively responsible is because so many of their defensemen were out right they had to do it collectively they couldn't rely on one or two guys to, to do the job and and i think that's 
that's the kind of adversity that teams that go far in the playoffs look back on and say, this is where we got better. This is where it all came together for us. That's Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star, and it'll be Ilya Samsonov between the pipes tonight here at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, they've got the Ducks tonight. That's a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Samsonov got the perfect record at home so far this season, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Does it seem kind of quiet, Kevin, in Leafs Nation? There's no goalie controversy. I know it wasn't uh, Matt Murray's best showing on Saturday night versus the Calgary Flames, but otherwise, it, it's kind of quiet around here. Well, I think the idea is is going to be to play them both. Yep. And I think it'll be, if, if one is struggling and one is going, it'll be two. The guy that's going is going to get two out of three. And if they're both sort of going, or they're both sort of struggling, they'll go 50-50. Right. So I think, uh, you know, Sheldon is going to ride the hot hand. Like, you 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 could make a controversy of it because Matt Murray is supposed to be the guy in most of our minds, and he's not going two games in a row. But at the same time, Samsonov deserves the start because he's playing so well. So why wouldn't you? I mean, they're still in a point where, I mean, I think a big part of this season is figuring out which of these goalies is going to start game one of the playoffs. Uh, I think that's essentially what yeah. we're, we're going to witness the rest of the way. And I think I think Sheldon Keefe is, is smart to ride the hot hand a little bit more than the cold guy, but don't let the cold guy get too cold, right? right. He's still got to play both. He's still got to figure that out. And I think we'll probably see Matt Murray, you know, on this road trip uh, New York-Washington and Samson will play the other game. And whatever the order is is the order. Speaking of New York, uh, we were giggling, and, it's, you know, far be it for us to make fun of a team. You know, these are professionals, but holy Lord, is Anaheim bad. And Anaheim has one regulation win against, as you mentioned, New York. It's a staggering stat. I can't ah, believe it's real. Ah, but JT, it gets better. Their one win against the Rangers, they win 3-2 in a game where they got outshot by like 21, and in net for the Rangers was 37-year-old Halak. So it's their one regulation win was against the backup goalie. They're minus 53 in goal differential. Uh, I mean, we can go two ways on this. Is What the hell's going on with Anaheim? We knew they were going to be bad. It was a rebuild. But it's, this is super bad. The other one is this feels like a trap game. This feels like a trap game because the Leafs, they're human. They, they have to know, wow, we, are, we have such an advantage at pretty much every position. And, and I, I, I don't. I'm assuming we're going to have a 2-2 game at the end of two periods. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what you were going to say there. You, were, you said they're human. I, I thought you were just going to say they're the Leafs, and occasionally they tend to <laughs> sometimes come these well, games. Well, I mean, that, that is kind of the narrative around this team for, for a good few years. They play up to the level of the competition and yeah. down to the level of the competition. So uh, you're right if you think it's a trap. I, I, I have a hard time seeing figuring out how the Leafs could lose this game. I mean, Anaheim played last night. They're tired. They didn't get in until 1.30 in the morning. Um, I just, if, if I guess we could call it a litmus test. Can the Leafs put the, uh, the pedal to the metal and destroy a team they're supposed to destroy? I mean, they've lost to them once already, That they should have a game they should have won. Anything can happen, and, and, and that's life, I suppose. But I find it hard uh, to go the other way and to, and to say the Leafs are going to find a way to lose this one. I, I just, they're rolling right now, and maybe they take the, if they took their foot off the gas, that's on them. They didn't look so good against Calgary, and they found a way, so I don't know. I, I, just, I appreciate that win against Calgary because they've been playing so well defensively. It was nice, just one of those games where um, a lot of turnovers, not great in net, 
But then the star's like, okay, we're going to win it for you. Like it's, just, it's nice. You always want a Swiss Army knife with your favorite team where they can win in a variety of different ways, and we wonder why is there the uh, toothpick in the Swiss Army knife. Right. Conversation for another day. But like, that's, the thing, that's the one thing I appreciate about the win on Saturday. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was good to see the, the – I mean, William Nylander, I, I, I was uh, in Moncton with Team Canada at the time just watching this one on TV, but it did feel like a very quiet five-point game. Yeah. Like, Nylander's having an amazing season. He seems to be doing it very quietly because we're all talking about Marner and his Matthews yeah. when they get going and all that. And there's Nylander with the, the best game of his career. Yeah. Isn't that always the case, though, when Willie, I, I feel like in games where he ends up getting a bunch of points or scoring a couple goals, I, I don't notice him until he's putting up those points. We were talking, actually, I heard a Sheldon Keith comment, maybe it was post-game after his, his big uh, five-point night against his hometown team, Bill from Calgary. I always love that reference because he just doesn't seem like a Calgary dude. Um, <laughs> is he starting to kind of work his way into the same echelon as Matthews and Marner? It was, I, I heard Keith kind of say something like that, and I've, I've been digesting it since. Well, the one thing about Nylander this year is he really hasn't had a bad game. Yeah. He might have a bad period. Right. Now and then, like, he sort of wanders off. He, he gets lost in the story sometimes and wanders away. But, you know, you know, Keefe is back to putting him in sneakily on the penalty kill now and then. And when Nylander is, is engaged in the game, if Nylander was as engaged in the game as Mitch Marner is all the time, he would be as good as Mitch Marner. He, and we wouldn't be having these what about William Nylander conversations. And I think we're having fewer of them this year yeah. because he seems uh, just more aware, more consistent. He, he's just doing... I don't want to say he's doing more. He's just doing more of the right things at the right time more often. Yeah. You 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 mentioned Mitch Marner. And just to go back to the theme of how different things are now versus the last time they played, uh, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, um, one of the conversations was Mitch Marner getting benched. Remember, like, way back, like, and it was, it was for a shift. It was for a shift. But, I mean... It's just remarkable to think at the beginning of the year, and you mentioned it about how um, Keith was on the players right from day one, and you wondered, is he going to lose the room? Back then, we were wondering, oh, Marner got benched. Is this the end of Sheldon Keith? But it is remarkable to look at Marner and not only how engaged and how good he is, but the contrast is, is to me, it's absolutely stunning between now and then. Well, I think, I think in Mitch Marner's case, I think at that point, he was trying to do too much because he saw the team struggling yeah. and he was wearing it and then he was giving the puck away yes um in terrible at terrible moments but that be, that's because he's got the skill and he just knows I can do a sh- I can like maybe some of the bad junior uh skills come into play right, right. where you think if I can just do this we can pull it off and be a miracle uh, and I think that maybe smartened him up. I, I don't think that's necessarily. I mean, Mitch is too smart a hockey player, too good a hockey player for that one moment to, to, to resonate. But maybe it did. Um, yeah, Mitch at that point was was taking on too much himself, and and the other big player, well, Tavares, was playing well then. The the rest of the team really wasn't. Um, and and now we are where we are with Mitch Marner. I mean, like, is this kind of his his year? Last year, the spotlight was all Matthews, and now the spotlight's all Marner. Actually, starting it up, just one quick thing about that. And um, I was reading this Jonas Siegel commented on it. Maybe the greatest thing Marner's done all year is not the fact that he's got 22, 23 points in a row, uh, 23 games in a row with a point. It's that we saw in the Calgary game that Sutter was putting the number one defensive pairing to slow down Marner and not Matthews. I mean, that is a, that is a hell of a tip of the cap by uh, by the coaching staff of the Flames. 
Yeah, and I, I like the two split up. I mean, I know we all wanted to see Mitch and Matthews play play together for all those years, and you know, Matthews gets sixty goals with Mitch passing him the puck and all that. But when you sort of look at the the, the top four players, Matthews is incredibly in, defensive in his own zone. Nylander not so much. Marner is incredibly defensive in his own zone. Tavares not so much. Yeah. So you 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 spread them out, right? So when you had Tavares with with uh, with Nylander, you needed a Kerfoot on there to be the defensively responsible one. But now you don't. Uh, you can you can put in a Maligan or Robertson as a, before he was hurt and see see if you can generate offense. I I like the splitting of of Matthews and Marner just for what it does defensively for the team with those the top two lines on. All right. Okay, I was going to get into World Juniors, but you mentioned his name, Alex Kerfoot. Where are you at with him? He's kind of the only guy who doesn't seem to have a real set role right now. You mentioned that they needed him in the top six before. It's not the case anymore. Well, it, with wasn't, that it really wasn't working with him in the top no. six, was it? Like how you and I could play in the top six and get some points by accident. I and, say and, that as a joke, but I believe it in my heart. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't – he, he – I don't know what's happened to his to his game, but it just doesn't seem like it's there right now. Uh, I think they they kind of miss Yarncroft because he was he's going to be the heir apparent in that role of that sort of the middle six guy. Um, I don't know what's going on with Alex. He does look more comfortable lower down the lineup, um, but he really wasn't working on that on that second line. Yeah. Okay, we're with Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star. And just before we let you go, I'll ask you about World Juniors. You just got back from selection camp in Moncton. They officially have a roster now, and it boasts some of the biggest, most offensive players that we've seen in a while all together on Team Canada. What are you expecting from this group in Halifax? Uh, I'm expecting them to steamroll through it, to be quite honest with you. This team is stacked. It's as stacked a team as I've seen yep. um, probably since the Crosby years, right? Oof. Like this guy, This team is... What's it got? Like twelve players, um, either returning or or you know, got three NHLers and yeah. nine guys that were on the roster that won the gold medal. Um, Shane Wright's on the team. He's going to be a beast. I kind of think Connor I think Bedard, so Connor Bedard, and and Adam Fantilli will duke it out for who's going to be number one in the draft next year. I think it's Connor Bedard by a landslide. But they're both extremely talented players. They've got better balance on their defense with right and left shots. The question to me is goaltending. I'm not sure that they know what they have in goaltending, but typically that sorts itself out. And if they play in the other end and they play as defensively responsible as I think they can because Dennis Williams is a defensive-minded coach, I think the goaltending will, won't end up being an issue. Yeah, always an interesting thing, goaltending at these short tournaments with who gets hot and such. Uh, but, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us and, and teeing up this Anaheim Leaf game with us. We'll catch up with you down the road. All right, my pleasure. We'll see you again. Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star, everybody. Uh, for Julia Tashari and Matt Cause, you're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider, joins us next from Florida. First up with Karolnik and Koliakovo, weekday morning 6 till 10 on TSN 1050. If you ain't first, you're last. 